the interesting thing is I did not even finish the pitch. You know, it was three minutes and I was still probably in my product slide. And then, you know, I was cut off. But then I think it was just one or two questions that I was asked. And the question about the mobility part of, you know, what we were trying to solve, because there was no solution that was addressed to that particular problem. And so it had been something we were thinking about, the team and I, you know, over time. And I'd already thought of, you know, using my own vehicle to like do the transport because a lot of these agencies have caregivers, but that are unwilling to go long distances for short shifts. And so we're thinking of what can we provide? What minimum viable you know, solution can we have to that? And, you know, from what we're taught at the MC as well, it's like doing things that don't scale and don't teach this in uh, the white combinator as well. Doing things that don't scale and then scaling those things. Are you starting a small business or buying an existing business? This podcast, Small Business Startup School, shares perspectives using the psychology of retail and financial awareness, all with a reasonable dose of optimism. The show promises to give startup solopreneurs insightful strategies and practical solutions that support the mindset to execute business projects. My name is Ola Williams, your host on the show. I encourage you to join us to learn with positivity and great exchange of ideas. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being part of the show today. First off, I would like to remind everyone that the show is being recorded. So by joining us and participating today, you're consenting to your recording being taken. My name is Ola Williams and I'm your host for today. Our guest is Samuel Adeniye. Samuel is a six-year serial entrepreneur creating solutions that solve societal problems. He's the founder of Kire and he won the 2023 Volta Virtual Pitch Competition. Samuel's goal is is to reduce the shortage of caregivers across Canada, is pursuing a master's degree at Memorial University of Newfoundland, catching up with friends and family, and Samuel is a big fan of connecting with people in his free time. Guys, I attended the voter pitch competition in December 2023, like I was just saying there. I attended as an observer and I watched Samuel back the winning prize. It was so beautiful to watch him win. By the way, if anyone has questions, please send them to the chat panel and I will field those questions. And Or if you have any way you want to contribute, if you want to speak to the conversation, I can unmute, unmute you as well. So Samuel, listen, I'm so glad you're here to share your experience with us. So you founded Kirep, a company that looks after caregivers. Could you share a little bit more about that and the work that you do? Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much, Allah Williams. So first of all, we'd like to thank you, your team, and everyone who, you know, made this really possible. It's an honor to be able to share my experience, you know, and, and give back. So in July 2023, founded Kerep while we were under the Memorial Center for Entrepreneurship Work Term. And so I had this idea, this beautiful idea since uh, January in 2023. I happened to be in the healthcare space as well. So I spoke to the mentors at the center in the summer. I got you know, into the work term and they were really helpful in helping me bring up and start the project in the right way. I call it the startup way. And so many of the things that I learned back in my own country, I am from Nigeria originally. So I kind of had a paradigm shift to you know, how businesses run in Canada. And, and as well as an immigrant, I needed that 
set up that help assistance community network to get up to the ground. It's really, it's really great. And so what Care is trying to do is to provide on-demand shift coverage for home care agencies. There's a lot of redundancy in the hiring process that we feel can be enhanced because Canada needs a lot of caregivers due to the aging population and the sick population as well being on increase. And so this cannot be more timely for Canada. And I'm really hoping, looking forward to, to making it true. Wow. So the problem of shortage of caregivers in Canada seems like a huge one. Could you speak a little bit more to that? Because I know this is a conversation that even it's gaining ground. How big would you say the problem is? And what are the challenges you've been facing since you founded KIREP in July 2023? Awesome. Thank you. The home care, the home care market is well, I use the future, future numbers anyway. It, it's currently a 29 billion uh, market in Canada. And in 10 years, it's going to be going to go up to about 3 billion. And the aging population keeps rising. So it's pretty hard for Canada to source the right caregivers, qualified caregivers to provide the solution to meet the demand. So it's like there is more demand and less supply of care. And young care agencies really have a lot of role to play in this. And so during our customer interview session with some of the big home care agencies in the province here in, in St. John's, we figured out that it is not really about shortage of caregivers. There are more immigrants in Canada because immigrants and international students make up a huge you know, proportion of that number, caregiving number. But it's not really the shortage. It is the hiring process and the certification process. And if you look at, you know, in the nursing sector as well, in the, the institutionalized healthcare sector, many immigrants come in here, even lawyers coming into Canada cannot use, you know, practice with their experience and their qualification back home. And but it is a bit lesser for caregivers. However, the home care agencies are not hiring fast enough to solve this need. And yes, and, and so care trying to help agencies. We are really focused on at least in the next four, five, six years on the home care agencies. We wouldn't be going to the individuals because the agencies have something going already. And so we don't want to be another home care agency having clients. We want to help the current agencies that have the certifications, the licenses, and all that. That's a very good way of providing solution to a big problem in Canada right now. So well done. Thank you. So the voter pitch competition. So could you share with us how you prepared the weeks before the event? Right. Yeah. So I was talking to Brent yesterday while I was preparing for this. And I told her after the pitch, what happened before and everything. Like, as people would actually expect, I did not really give it so much thought. And there's the reason. So even both uh, the application was put in by one of the inside business consulting students, the MBA student that was working with us in the fall. And then so he put in the app, he told me about the, the competition and he put in the application. And so I just you know, got my pitch tech ready and the rest. But we already enrolled in the MC work term. And we, I was also at the, the last year, the Melwood work competition that is hosted by the Memorial University in St. John's here for the sole purpose of learning. So there are seven entrepreneurs that would go on to the final stage of the five that would go on to the final stage and pitch. And they were all in their suits. And that was a live pitch actually. And it was so nice. My first pitch, you know, competition I was, you know, going to be um, attending here in Canada. 
And I really saw firsthand how those seasoned, you know, student entrepreneurs were able to bring out their ideas and the confidence, you know, and the know-how, the technical know-how that they had and they were conveying was really interested. So during the MC work term, we also participated in the Genesis Evolution Program. So Genesis is an accelerator here in San Jose as well, a tech accelerator, and, and we pitched there as well. So it had been an ongoing practice over time. And smooth delivery of the pitch, whatever pitch comes from solving a problem that you're actually passionate about. And it's going to, you know, it's going to show, I can't stress enough, you know, having a great pitch deck, like the modern styling pitch deck that really works. Yes. And I used to be a designer, graphic designer, just, you know, a personal graphic designer, designed for some volunteering roles as well. And they always say less is more. Right. So like more white spaces and just like one line of word and then you explain, you know, that line of word and you give insight into it. You know, a lot of it comes from your pitch deck as well. It's like the branding to it. And so everything just really comes together. That practice over time. So if you have a pitch coming up, you should be practicing like two weeks before, not just, you know, three days. It will tell in the way you, you, you're so confident about even answering questions that you did not prepare for. It's just going to come naturally and the judges will really see that. Yeah. Thank you. Listen, Samuel, I have to say, I watched that competition and right. there were so many wow presenters, but I wanted so much to watch the competition because Aruna and I, we were just finishing an innovators program and then coordinator told us we should watch that competition because we were preparing to pitch our ideas as well as as right. founders. So anyway, back to the competition. I What came across so much for me during your whole presentation was your calmness. Actually, you were very calm. One of the judges asked you, how are you going to solve the problem of transportation? Right. And I thought you'd answer that in a very practical way. Do you care to share exactly that moment. And did you recognize that moment or any moment in that pitch competition as the moment when you knew that you had nailed it? Yes. So I, actually, the interesting thing is I did not even finish the pitch. You know, it was three minutes and I was still <laughs> probably in my product slide. And then, you know, I was cut off. But then I think it was just one or two questions that I was asked. And the question about the mobility part of, you know, what we were trying to solve because there was no solution that was addressed to that particular problem. And so it had been something we were thinking about the team and I you know, over time. And I'd already thought of, you know, using my own vehicle to like do the transport because a lot of these agencies have caregivers, but that are unwilling to go long distances for short shifts. And so we're thinking of what can we provide? What minimum viable solution can we have to that? And, you know, from what we're taught at the MC as well, it's like doing things that don't scale, you know, and, and we'll teach this in uh, the white combinator as well, doing things that don't scale and then scaling those things, right? So one of the videos at the white combinator program institute is about, there's a burning man, there's a man on fire, his head is on fire. What would be the best products to, you know, to solve that problem? And it will be water, you know, or, and, you know, a sophisticated fire extinguisher. But no, 
that is the finished product. The product that would solve it instantly is a brick. And so you can find a brick everywhere. It's readily available. Just take the brick and, you know, do the fire on the head. And so it's like finding that brick product that it's not 100% perfect, but it solves the problem for the customers that, you know, have the problem burning and they need to, you know, get acquainted instantly. And, and those will be your early adopters. And those, those will be the ones that you'll be working with in the first, you know, one year of your, of your startup. And, and so it was, was so interesting to, yeah, to, to convey that with the question that was asked. Yeah, I agree. If this show is helpful to you, please do subscribe and share with others. That way we are supported to continue to bring you helpful content. And please, we do like to hear from you. We encourage you to use the voice note channel in the show notes to share your insight, comments, or questions. Thanks very much. It was so practical, the solution. You know, when you said you're going to use your car, I looked up, I was like, oh, what kind of guy is this? Because I know three minutes, and I know Harina will agree with me here. We were struggling in our innovators program, like three minutes. How am I going to talk for three minutes? That's so much sure. to talk about. But I remember one of our mentors said, you don't even have three minutes. Like the first one or two minutes, is it that you have the attention of the VC or, or you don't? So yeah. just, you know, and, and I have been, I have heard also that Q&A part, the question and answer part is the most important part of a pitch. And I don't know what you think, Samuel, but I think that's what made your pitch as well. Because like you said, you didn't even finish your presentation, but you were able to answer the question in a practical way. And I think that made, that's resonated with the judges. Do you think the question and answer part of the pitch is the most important as well? Well, yes, cost is the part where you now, t- you know, get to explain yourself and shed more light because seven minutes is just, you know, official present yourself, the official presentation, right? And then you go on to interact with the judges. The Q&A session is you know, where the judges are trying to understand your idea deeper, right? And I would say because it's, it's at the ending parts of the presentation, so it will really carry a lot of weight and like you, you know, you remember the question that was asked in doing my own pitch as well. And so it's usually the take home for many people as well. So yes, I would say that the question, the Q&A really made, made a strong impact in, in me winning the pitch. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there were 10 participants in your competition, right? If I remember yeah. correctly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, so practice before your competition, you said maybe about two weeks at least. And the design of the pitch deck is also important. I'm just trying to do some kind of recap here. And um, so design of the pitch deck, more white spaces, the less you have in the pitch deck, the better. So you can speak to the pitch deck, right? Yeah. yeah. And I've heard that as well, that we shouldn't cram the pitch deck with so many words. Don't make it too wordy. Yeah. yeah. So I since winning, Samuel, how has the winning help with your branding, your networking and the business that you do? You know, the work you do in Kirep, how has winning the voter pitch competition helped in any way? Right. Yeah. So I actually learned early that you know, winning pitches is not actually the main success in your business. Getting customers is a success. Even building a product is successful products is not the success of your business because d- during the Melwood World Cup, you know, last year that I attended, there was a student entrepreneur that had a full product 
but did not have traction enough. Like you know, the person that that won, person with it, with that, that actually won, did not have a full product. It's probably was still you know was so soft and was still you know in process anyone. And so sometimes it's actually getting customers that determines the main you know success for your business. However. Winning competitions and distance can be a boost and bring you forward, bring you forward of eventual customers. It's it can also be content, content for you to you know post on your social media because I believe social media is always a reflection of what is happening in person. You don't just create some algorithm blues. It's it won't sell. It's like storytelling. What story are you telling? You know, you need to be telling story of experiences of wins of things. You know, from your fiscal day-to-day activities from your, you know, your business, from, you know, the successes you had. So yes. So those two things for me, it's, it's a boost to get eventual customers. Yeah. Investors in the long run. And also it's, it generates, you know, content. Yeah. Yeah. So as the voter winning brought any kind of opportunities to Kirep or to yourself? Yes. I mean, for one, this, you know, podcast is, it's, you know, it's a function of pitch for one. And we got a few people reaching out to us for, to help us, you know, upgrade venture capital, this, you know, and, and the rest. But I, I feel it's a culmination of efforts, right? And then you can look back at the track record, then at a point it's all going to blow up, but, you know, steps. So even when you don't see the full picture, have the full results now, you know, it's, it's a build up. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you say that, you know, I've, I've always thought pitching is a great exercise to tell one story. And you said, you know, you said it's part of building a story as well. So people understand why you're doing what you're doing. I think it's valuable for founders to understand the, you know, the value of putting your ideas out there. It can be kind of intimidating sometimes, like you just, you don't want to put yourself out there. But I, I think it's very important to to be able to at least let people understand what you're doing. And somebody once said to me, when you're pitching as well, even you, you understand better, it becomes clearer to you what you're doing as well. So the, I don't know if anybody has any question at this moment before I continue. Aaron, I, I know me and you were speaking about, you know, when we watched the competition in December, do you have any kind of, do you have any comments or any question that you would like to, let me see if I can. Thank you. Thank you, Ola. That was a very brilliant question and answer from Pika Sam. So Sam, congratulations once again for that brilliant pitch. It was a good representation for some of us, you know, who watched that and know that out of the lot someone that we can identify with one. So I was very proud of that. And we even shared that uh, news with our facilitators in that startup program. So yes, where you answered about the vehicle, I was very proud of that moment because you really nailed it at that point. And just curious about what is the uh, business environment in in St. Jones in terms of the opportunities for, for your startup? Are you only limiting to that area or now that Volta that is based, even though it's an Atlantic Canada startup support company, sort of, but then it, it is based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Are you thinking of your business, like scaling it to other parts of Atlantic Canada, for instance? Right. Yes. Actually, to have a, a great business, you need to have, you know, you need to solve a problem that is, is native 
and custom to multiple you know locations, multiple regions. It helps you broaden your market and it makes investors know that you know when they you know they they put in you know funds into your idea or your startup, you can you know you can generate revenue. There's been constant you know questions regarding our business model and you know, how we are going to market and the rest. So definitely looking at other provinces is is on the radar. And yes, we'll be doing that this year in support of the efforts we are we're working on St. John's year. St. John's, uh, the population here is, is about you know, 550,000. They're about, it's not the actual number. It's just an estimate. And then so, we, yes, we'll be required to, to look at all that Atlanta provinces as well. And yeah, validate our, our products there. Yeah, thank you. So, Samuel, what are the next steps for you while we're waiting for any other kind of question? As a founder, so what is next? What would you say is next right now for Kireb? Right. For us at Kireb, we're looking at expanding to Nova Scotia because we have a few links there already. Yes, our eventual goal is to, to eat 1 million in revenue by 2030. And so that will really require us to scale faster. And so expansion in product validation is really what we are, we are going to be working on in the next couple of months and next year as well. Great. I always like to say that it's always good to learn, even as founders, continuous learning, continuous connecting. Um, so if you're given an opportunity, what would you like to learn right now? So for me, I, I think closing deals is, closing high deals is is a highly required skill right now. And although I am I'm on the way, I have closed a few deals. I've you know spoken with a few agencies in the last you know eight months that we started. But where there is cultural difference and you know racial difference as well, it's kind of requires more know-how to connect to the person you are negotiating with and to actually close those deals. So it's it's like a learning curve for me right now. Yes, so closing deals would be a major thing I would like to even. You know, go further education to to yes to acquire. Yeah, I agree. That's a very valuable skill to acquire. Negotiating, closing deals, ability to have a win-win with the person you're negotiating with. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, it'd be a very incredible skill to have. So, what advice would you have for startup entrepreneurs right now? Uh, right. Well, as a startup myself, I really say experimenting is a very needed experience so experiments do a lot of experiments with ideas with you know your 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 solution your features and don't be afraid to fail right there's a lesson you can only learn from trying you might fail but it's a step forward i don't see failure as as a pushback it's like it's a step without a result but it is required for you know the success so even if you try something out doing, you know, experimenting with an idea and you fail. It's not a pushback. It's, it's a fail forward. And in the end, there is a certain number of fails that you need to actually succeed. It's the hard truth. But as entrepreneurs, we need to build the fortitude, the mental fortitude to keep going because that's the test of how bad you want it and your commitment and passion and zeal to what you're trying to put out in the world. And so, yes, I would say experiment and don't be afraid to fail. 
great advice. That's how Gustav, great advice. I love that so much. So thank you so much, Samuel, for joining us today. And I would like to say thank you to all of you, Aruna, Sam, Wendy. Thank you all. I always feel when we are able to have conversations like this and people are able to join, it's value, more value is added because you are able to ask and you're able to add to the conversation exactly what listeners want to know. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Hopefully that added value to you. I do like to say that the show aims to highlight broad business patterns that are considered the same as ever. However, I also acknowledge that personal circumstances may differ. So please apply the lessons in line with your context and seek professional guidance as may be applicable to your business. Until next episode, please do share the show so value is added to others as well. And remember, let's continue to learn together and be encouraged to keep on connecting.